Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. my favorite memes um, that is happening right now um, because here's what I think you either cry or you laugh about it and so I want to give you my top five favorite memes real quick about toilet paper and the coronavirus the first one is this favorite one I have a 24 pack of Sam's toilet paper and two containers of hand sanitizer looking to swap for four bedroom bungalow near the beach <laughs> problem is it probably already closed down the beach so um, next one is this um, me reading the CDC's list for coronavirus and wondering how a fever, cough, and shortness of breath led to a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> right? Like, how does this happen? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Third one is this. This is probably the class of 2020 at prom. This is what it's going to look like right here. This is how they're going to be dancing. Yes. This is what is coming for you, seniors and juniors. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Number two, number two. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have seen a doctor long before. Um, it's true. And then number one, I like just the simplicity of this, free toilet paper. <laughs> right? I saw a caption my buddy put up that said, seems legit. Um, I just saw it. So great, so great. And, and here's the deal. Um, I understand, man, we really are, we are, we are praying and taking this serious, okay? So I don't want you to feel like this is no laughing matter, but the toilet paper really is, right? So um, here, here's what, uh, where a lot of us are, is whether it's the toilet paper that, that you didn't win, um, a lot of times when we win things or bigger thing when we don't win things, we're like, well, of course I didn't win that because I never, like I'm the guy that enters all the drawings for all the school stuff and I never win. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Or you remember when you were selling chocolate bars for your, for your, your school thing and you had to sell so many chocolate bars to reach that top level? Never happened, right? Um, never happened to me. And the other day we're at an FFA banquet and they do a drawing, and as you bought tickets, um, you were in a drawing, and Charlie had written everybody's names on it, and I had 92 through 91. And the very last thing that they drew for, of course I didn't win anything up to this point, um, was a $100 Visa gift card. And I was like, well, that would be great, but that's not going to happen. And sure enough, I've got numbers, 92 through 99, they draw number 100. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like... Of course, you know, I've got 92 through 99, and they're like, number 100, number 100. We, is there anybody here, because you had to be present to win, like the toilet paper, right? 
and I had lost my personal ticket, and Charlie had written my name, and they go, well, wait a second, we got a name on this, Justin Graves, you won a $100 Visa gift card, and I'm telling you, it was my Oscar moment, right? Like, I stood up, and I'm waving at people, and I wanted to, like, give a speech and just say, you know, if you really hone your craft and if you really work hard, you too one day will win a Visa gift card. You'll be a winner, right? Here's the deal. Like for me, for you, a lot of us, we know what it feels like to not win it. Um, If we were just to be honest and we're like, of course I didn't win it because good things never happen to me. Like I never am that guy that actually wins this stuff. I'm the guy that never wins this stuff. And, and here's why I'm telling you this story is that for a lot of us, it's not that we feel like that when it comes to drawings and raffles and toilet paper, right? It's that we feel that way when it comes to life. And, and we feel like good things never happen for us. And we're in this series today that's talking about when pigs fly. And this has been a great series, and hopefully you've been here for most of it, or you've been watching for most of it. And, and, and even last week, if you missed, I would encourage you to go back. A lot of people were just coming up to me after service, tears in their eyes, just like, man, I needed that, man, I needed that. And, and, and this whole series is about learning lessons from the miraculous, when the pigs fly, when God does the impossible. But today I want to talk to you from a different angle on this, and I want to talk to you about what do you do when the pigs don't fly, right? When when the miracles don't come, what do you do then? What do you do when, when the prayers don't get answered? And you keep praying, and you keep seeking, and yet nothing is changing, and nothing is moving. In the Old Testament, the last chronological miracle is found in Daniel chapter 6, and it is about Daniel and the lion's den. And most of us know about Daniel and the lion's den. We know of this story. Uh, Daniel got thrown into jail because he kept praying to the Lord. And God kept the lion's mouth shut overnight. And Daniel came out just fine. And God delivered him um, from the lion's den. We know this. But, but what we don't know for most of us is that this happened in the year 539 B.C. So... Um, Before this, Elijah, Elisha, you know, Exodus has happened, Moses, David, Goliath, all these miraculous moments, all these incredible things have happened, and miracle after miracle, it seems like, is happening, and you see God moving, and there's all these men of God, and then 539 B.C. is the last known recorded chronological miracle for the rest of the Old Testament. And then really the first known miracle, not talking about the birth of Jesus, we knew that, but really the birth of Jesus was hush-hush, right? Because they were trying to keep the Messiah's birth a a quiet thing because Herod was trying to kill him and the Roman government trying to kill him. And so, so the first known miracle that Jesus performs is when he turns water into wine at the marriage and the wedding. And that is recorded in 27 AD. And so for... Over 570 years, there's been no recorded miracles. I'm sure there's been some things that have happened, but there hasn't been like this man of God or things to record. And and the, the, the Israelites called this time the silent years. When God just went quiet, when God just went kind of dark. And there were no miracles that happened from five for 570 years. Think that is a long time. Um, That is way longer than our nation has been a nation, right? 
Um, that is, like, I think of George Washington, like, when the dinosaurs were around, right? Like, that's why I'm like, George Washington, man, he old, right? This is, like, twice that time frame. 570 years have passed, and there's been no miracles. There's been nothing to talk about, and yet Jesus comes. And there is a buzz in the air because Jesus doesn't just stop at turning water into wine. Now there is a man of God because John the Baptist had gone before him talking about repentance and baptizing people. And it was starting to buzz. But now Jesus is coming and blind men can now see. The deaf can hear. The dead are being raised to life again. The, the, the feeding of the 5,000 happens. And all this is going around and it's creating this buzz. And now there is a man of God where things are happening and the miraculous is occurring again for the first time in over 570 years. And it leads us to this story in Mark chapter 9, dealing with a dad who, who is very much kind of like that person that, man, my pigs haven't gotten off the ground at all, right? Like, like my prayers haven't been answered at all. And there's this just real honest and raw moment that he has with the Lord. And our text is found in Mark chapter 9, verse 20 through 29. And it says this. His dad is bringing his son. And it says, so they brought him, talking about the son. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. And he fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And I, I want us to stop for just a second. Because the heaviness of these two verses, it, it, it's very easy for us to read stories but not feel them, right? And so Jesus asks us, how long has this been going on? And the, 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 the father's reply is since childhood. So the, the boy is probably somewhere in his teenage years. And this has been happening for years. Years and years and years. And, and think about this, parent. Whether you're a mom or a dad, your job, your role when something is wrong is to fix it for your kids. Like, if you can fix it, you fix it. And if you can't, you get frustrated, you get panicked. You have guilt, and you do everything you know to do to make them better. That's where this dad is, and it has happened for years and years and years. And he comes to this place, and he comes to this point where he simply lets his reality speak and the doubt that he's dealing with speak, and he says this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us, right? Feel sorry for us at least, and, and, and help us if for no other reason you just feel bad for us. And here's what Jesus says in verse 23. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately, without any hesitation, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Right? There's just there's such a rawness in that, that scripture. I do believe but help me overcome my unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. 
After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. Stad's been dealing with this situation for years, and if I'm the dad, right? If I'm the dad, I'm becoming cynical. I'm becoming a little negative. And, and I think that's where verse, that verse 23, if you can, but if you can do anything, like, I know you've done it for everybody else, and it leads to this, and Jesus is like, if, if I can, anything is possible for him who believes, and the dad just simply responds, it's almost just like, boom, this is my mind, this is my heart, this is where I'm at. Man, I, verse 24, where he says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief, right? Like, like he is that guy that feels like he never wins anything. That his prayer never gets answered. Here's the way I phrase this. I know that you're capable. I know that you can. I'm just not sure if you will. And I think a lot of us were there. You're, you're, you're at that place, and, and if you were to be honest, and if you were to be raw, and if you were to be transparent, you've been praying about a situation, you've been seeking God for a situation, and yet nothing is moving. No pigs are flying, no prayers are being answered, and you're just in this stall moment, and the reality is you're getting a little negative, and doubt is starting to creep in, and here's what I can take away, and a big takeaway I have from this point in this scripture that says, man, I do do believe, but help me with my unbelief. I know that you can. I'm just not sure that you will. Here's the truth, and my big takeaway from this moment, this raw moment, is simply this. When pigs don't fly, faith gets shaken instead of stirred. When your pigs don't fly, when your situation doesn't change, when the miraculous doesn't happen, when what you're planning doesn't get done, when your dreams never become a reality and it seems like you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, what happens? Our faith doesn't get stirred within us, right? There's moments where you feel like, man, I can, I can climb a mountain. I can jump over this wall. I can take on 100 men, you know, because God's with me. But then there's the other moments where when something doesn't happen, your faith gets shaken. Your faith becomes weakened because what you're dealing with and what you're facing, and that's where this dad is. Man, it, it's not where he wants to be, but doubt snuck in. It's not where he planned on being, but the prayers still haven't been answered. And what I just, life is, and where a lot of us get to, is that when life doesn't look like what we pictured, when prayers aren't answered, when your kids, think of this, this dad probably just wanted his kids to look like everybody else's kids. What do you do when your kids don't look like what the kids you envision? What do you do when your marriage doesn't look like the marriage you thought everybody else would have and your marriage would be just like everybody else's? What do you do when your finances aren't what everybody else is finding, what you envisioned and what you planned? What do you do when your pigs are stuck on the ground and nothing is flying and prayers aren't being answered? Your faith gets shaken. December 9th, 2010, my mom passed away. It's been almost 10 years, and leading up to, to, to her death, she was sick for, for many years, and all transparency, something I struggled with was, I know I was praying, our church was praying, our connect group was praying, 
Um, her church was praying. Um, my sister and brother-in-law, their pastors in Longview, Texas, their church was praying. And it was like one thing after the other, one step back after another. It wasn't like we went a couple of feet forward and one step back, you know. It's just steps backwards and backwards and things kept getting worse and um, it, it started off with kidney failure which led to heart issues which led to, to strokes which led to um, her, her falling and breaking her hip and all, all these different things and I, I, I just got to be honest I didn't understand it and when my mom passed away I, I, I didn't understand it because I'm sitting there going, man, this is my mom who's singing in their choir. You know, we're never going to have a choir. But just she's singing in her, in her choir, right? And, and she would share her story and share her testimony. And she'd sing this solo about healing and God is her way maker and, and doing all this stuff. And just, just beaming with hope and talking about God's goodness in the middle of her situation. And, and we're praying and church is praying and they're praying and we're believing. And all these people are praying and yet nothing happens. Things just get worse. And my mom dies at the age of around 57 years old, 59 years old, somewhere in there. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, my mom missed out on so much that should have been. Right? She never got to know Charlie and Chloe. They were too young and she was too sick. You know, what should have been, my mom should have, and I'm looking around at other people's parents that are my age, and their parents are able to enjoy their kids, and they're able to enjoy the season of mom and dad, and my mom never got to see us move into this building, and the church doing good. It was always a real big question mark of whether Foundation Church would, and I'm just going, sitting here, just transparency, right? That's not fair. That's not right. And if I'm being honest, when my prayer didn't get answered, my faith got shook. And it was hard for me to keep praying big prayers. And it was hard for me to get up and to preach without feeling somewhat hypocritical. Say, man, God is capable. God is able. And because I didn't feel like he was capable. And I didn't feel like he was faithful to me. And I felt like he he, he, in essence, let me down because what I envisioned was not through. My pigs didn't fly. My prayers didn't get answered. My miracle never came. And for some of you, that's where you are. That's where you are. And you're going, man, my faith is shaken instead of being stirred within me. And if that's you, there's something that helped me. And it wasn't necessarily this phrasing that I'm going to share with you. But I had to learn something that, that's found in Proverbs 3. I had to, not, I had to trust the Lord in all my ways and, not, and lean not on my own understanding. Right? I had to keep trusting him even though I didn't understand him. And what I had to understand is God's character doesn't change just because my situation did. And for some of you, you need to hear that today because you are, you are at where I was. Your faith is shaken because no pigs are flying and it seems like no prayers are being answered. See, it's easy to have giant faith when your prayers are being answered, but what do you do when your faith seems stalled and your prayers just seem to keep hitting the roof and coming right back down? There's something that you have to do and you have to start evading feelings with fact. You may feel a certain way, but that doesn't make your feelings 
effect. And if there's one big thing I can leave you with today about what do you do when your faith is shaken, what do you do when your pigs aren't flying, what do you do when you become a little doubtful and you're cynical and you're just like this dad that's found in Mark chapter 9 and you're saying, I know that you can, I just don't know if he will. I feel like I'm that person that always just misses it by an inch. I feel like that person that my constant life is just waiting on the Lord to do something. Hear me today, you're going to have to declare this over your life. You're going to have to declare this over your situation. But understand, no matter what I go through, what I face, or what I feel, God is with me, sustaining me, helping me. God is for me. And you're going to have to say this phrase out loud to yourself to where you, when you're in it and you're dealing with doubt and you're dealing with anger and you're dealing with confusion and your faith is shaken, you're going to have to say no matter what I go through, no matter what I face or how I feel or what I feel, I understand God is with me. He is sustaining me. He is helping me. God is for me. Hear me today. God is for you. God is with you, and he is sustaining you, and he is helping you. It's not that you have done something wrong. Some of us, we feel like we've made God mad, and he's against us. God is not against you. He is for you today. And when your faith gets shaken, and when you want to get cynical, and when you want to get skeptical, you've got to invade your feelings with this fact. God's for me. He's with me. He's helping me. He's sustaining me. Because if he wasn't hear me, you couldn't make it one more second. Right? If he wasn't, you couldn't make it for one more second. This dad, it didn't look like what he thought it was going to look like. Life didn't look like for years what he envisioned it looking like. But it didn't mean that God wasn't for him. Understand, and I say this quite a bit, but if I want what God wants for the reason God wants it, I'm unstoppable and I'm unbeatable. Right? And if your will lines up with God's will, and your timing lines up with God's timing, there's nothing God can't do and you can't do with God. It's when my will doesn't line up to his will the friction happens. The disappointment occurs. And it's not easy being at that place. But hear me today. If you're here and you say, but Justin, I'm facing a lot of new and unknown things. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua's dealing with all kinds of unknowns, and he's following Moses, and this is the first thing God says to Moses, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, don't get down, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalms 23, 4 says this, when you're going through hard times, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, it protects me, and your staff guides me. They comfort me. Psalms 118 verse 6 says this, when people are against you, the Lord is with me. I will not 
be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Man, if the Lord's with why are you fearing people? Why are you feeling fear in situations if God is with you? Psalms 54 verse 4 is a reminder of who your helper is. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. Romans 8.31 says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us. I love how it reads in the Amplified. It says this, what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can successfully be against us? And understand me, your your feelings may feel a certain way, but God's word, which is fact, says something else. But Justin, you don't know what I am dealing with, and you don't understand all that I've done. I don't. But what I do know is this, is God is with you, God is helping you, God is sustaining you, and God is for you. Justin, you don't know my past, and you don't know all the fear that is gripping my heart. I don't. But what I do know is God is with you, God is helping you, God is sustaining you, and God is for you today, right? Justin, my dreams aren't a reality. My dreams feel broken. I'm living on broken dreams. I don't know what your broken dreams are, but what I do know the fact is this. God is with you. God is helping you. God is sustaining you through your heartbreak, and God is for you. Your plans may not be established. Your plans may not be a reality, but here's what I know. God is with you today. God is helping you, and he is sustaining you through that disappointment, and God is for you. And if you you can understand, even though life doesn't look like what I thought it would look, he's still for me. He's still on my side. He's still with me, surrounding me. Man, there is a victory and there's an encouragement that can come into your life and into your situation. I'm not saying your pigs are going to fly, but what I can tell you is this, is that you can be grounded and you can be strong and you can be more than an overcomer because God is with you. He is your helper. He is your sustainer and he he is for you. And so today, here's how I want us to close this service out. Because it, it, it's easy to say this, but man, it's something we've got to declare. And the song that we sang today declares this so well. God is for you. God is with you. God is for you. And so this morning, if you guys would stand across this place. And today, if you're at that place, you're at that moment. Where you say, you know what, Justin, my, if, if I'm being raw, <laughs> if I'm being real, my face shaking. I want to encourage you, as Shannon gets ready to lead us in this song, that when we hear the, hit this part, man, he is with you. He's beside you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. I, I, I don't know how you grew up. If you grew up Pentecostal or you grew up Methodist, if you're Methodist, you're like this, right? But here's what I want you to do. Us lifting our hands is just a moment of surrender. It's signifying surrender to him. And that's what, if that's you in this place today, man, I want you to just raise your hand and surrender to the fact that God is with me. God is helping me. God is sustaining me. And I understand I'm may not like where I'm at. My prayers may be unanswered and pigs may be grounded still, but he is for me. And if I want what God wants for the reason God wants it, I am unstoppable and I am unbeatable. Can we declare this today? Can we sing it from our gut today that God is the sustainer of our life? Let's go church. Oh, we praise you, Lord. 
Come on, we're going to sing, May His favor be upon you. Oh, may His favor, may His favor be upon you. And a thousand generations in your family, in your children, and their children, and their children. May His favor be upon you. And a thousand generations in your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. May His favor come on, be upon you. And a thousand Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May his presence go before you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, declare it, church. Just sing it out. Sing it out. Sing it out. Some of you, you, you may not feel it, but you got to declare it. This is the moment. Fact goes over feeling. Fact goes over feeling. Fact goes over situation. God, you are with me, and you are for me. You are helping me, sustaining me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, we surrender. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. Yes, Lord. Oh, you take us through one more time, Shannon. May his favor be upon you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. May his favor be upon you. See, yeah, yeah. come on. Declare, oh, church, declare. Be upon yeah, yeah. And a thousand yes, generations. Yes, Lord. Your family, Let it be. Let it be. Children, Let it be the reality. Children, Let it be the reality. Yes, God. May His presence yes. go before yes. you and behind you yes. and beside amen, you, amen, all amen. around you and within you. He is with oh, yeah. you. Yeah, you. He are. is in the yeah, morning, in the morning, yeah. in the evening. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. In my going. Yeah. Oh, in the evening. And rejoicing, he's for you. He's for you. He's for you. Come on, he's for you. He's for you. He's for yeah. He's for you. He's for you. Lord, that is our prayer. And Lord, I pray that we would understand. That's not just our prayer. That's something we are declaring over our life that is fact, that is reality, that if we are yours and if we are children of God, that you are with us, you are for us, you go before us, behind us, you encompass us, Lord, and surround us. And so, Lord, I pray encouragement and strength for every heart in this place. That, Lord, even when the feelings creep back, even when the doubt, even when the circumstances are different and new, and, Lord, our faith gets shaken, God, I pray that we would declare, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm going through, you are with me, and you are helping me, and you are sustaining me, and you are for me. And let that be the narrative of our life. Lord, I pray encouragement hope and strength and that we would just surrender to that fact. Lord, you're with us. And as a result, we can't be beat. If God be for us, who 
can be against us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it is in Jesus' mighty name we declare all this. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.